Hello, welcome to Talking About Our Beautiful Savior number 25. We Ooh. are one-eighth of the way to episode 200, which will be a banner episode <laughs> oh. when roughly that comes around two years from now, in the year 2025. Oh, wow. Do you think we'll still be doing this podcast then? Yes, absolutely. I doubt it. Uh, so big <laughs> news this week. I made t-shirts for yes. the podcast that didn't tell you and they arrived. That was pretty funny. I opened the shirts that I opened a, it said custom ink, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the bag. And it said, good morning and good welcome. Yep. On the front. And then what was on the back? A boy with a hoop and a stick. Yep. I Googled boy pushing hoop <laughs> uh, with a stick and Google images. And I took some clip art and now it's on the back of a shirt. And <laughs> it looks amazing. Better it than does. I would have thought. So shout it out to really custom ink. It really does. If you want to give us more shirts, that would be great. Because I only made two shirts. Yep. One for me and one for you. So, no, we are not selling any merch, even though there's been quite a demand yeah, for it. Yeah, everybody wants one. Uh, if you want it, you'll have to come and break into our house. And we're usually gone most mornings. So, if you're <laughs> going to break into our house, I would recommend But beware of the dog. Our dog, yeah, the dog that you hear. Bark or wolf almost every episode. It will be waiting for you. And, yeah. She'll be laying on her back with her belly. on her back. Yeah, so you can rubber, rubber tummy. <laughs> Okay, our theme for this week, continuing our Greatest Needs Worship series, is Sight for the Blind. And you'll hear about that in just a second. That will make sense. The Sunday School lesson is a different one. I actually, um, 12 years as a pastor, I, I send out Sunday School notes every week to our teachers. I didn't have a single old Whoa. copy of this lesson. It's brand new. Um, That's interesting. And it's an interesting one. It's not an action-packed one. Not that Sunday School needs to be action-packed to be interesting. But the... The context of the lesson is David is reflecting on how God has blessed him. And he says, and why would I, why should I live in this palace of cedar? And God should live in a tent, you know, referring to the tabernacle. Basically says, I want to build God a nice house. I want to build mm-hmm. a temple. I want to build a church. And the prophet Nathan, it's kind of funny. The prophet Nathan says, go and do it. God's with you, whatever yeah. you want to do. And then it's the very next verse <laughs> says, the Lord appeared to Nathan, the prophet that night and said, go tell David. I'm like, no. No. <laughs> so it's kind no, of funny. Like, imagine Nathan sheepishly going back to David the next <laughs> day. Like, hey, man, um, remember how I was all gung-ho about you building the temple thing? So here's the deal. God came to me last night and said, no. So no, Sorry. David hears... David, here's a solid no from God. You're not going to build the temple. Do you remember who was going to build the temple? Uh, Solomon. Yes. So David's, Solomon. David's son, Solomon. So how would you feel if you were David and all you wanted to do was build this nice temple and God said, well, it's a good idea, but not you, your son. Well, humbled, definitely. Okay. Like, wow, that's, it's a, that is a thing. I don't have the right to build a house for my Lord. Like, that's an honor. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Maybe what would be a little the temptation? Bit, like bummed, like sad, like why can't I? I want to. A little bitter. <laughs> yeah, resentful. like I was coming to praise you. Yeah, like, yeah. I wanted. All I wanted was Ooh. to do this good thing for me, and you're not letting me do that. Why aren't you letting me do this good thing? But rather than being resentful, we're told that David goes and sits before the Lord, which just means apparently goes into the, the tabernacle and and prays. And the tone of his prayer is the humility you mentioned. Basically, the theme is, who am I? Who am I, Sovereign Lord? He says multiple times. Who are we, Israel, Sovereign Lord? Sovereign Lord just being that God that oversees everything, that has dominion, power, authority over everything. Who am I that you would reveal your plans to me even, which is a great attitude. Yeah. God, you didn't have to tell me at all what you're going to do. Right. Who am I that you would tell me these things? Who am I that I'm king? 
who am I that I, I've had the sort of blessings I've had as king that I don't deserve? Who am I that I've you know allowed me to slay uh, Goliath? So mm-hmm. it's just a, a great lesson for not getting what we want, which is one of the harder things to learn as yeah. a Christian, isn't it? Why do you think that is? Why do I think that is? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, because you expect that a God who loves you would want to give you good things. Mm-hmm. And he does. But sometimes good things are packaged in terrible, awful, hard things. Sure. So, like, let me explain what okay. I'm doing. So, Job, um, he said the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Mm-hmm. Na- may the name of the Lord be praised. Yeah, that's a very powerful section there. Um, you just We do the math spiritually. We say God can do whatever he wants. God loves me. Ergo which is a fancy Latin word that means therefore, <laughs> uh, he's going to give me whatever I want. Because why wouldn't he give me whatever I want if he right. if he loves me yeah. and he can do it? And obviously, Forgetting like you said, yeah, we don't always know what's best for us, what we, we should want or what we, you know, what what God decrees is, is so often different than what we want. Yeah. So that's that's tough. So, yeah, I think that's one of the most difficult lessons to learn as a Christian. And we, a lot of times we need to learn it again and again. And I think too, like, you know, if, so if God would let us have our way when it comes to like good things, like it was good for like David to want to build a temple. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's that's very honorable. But like what temptations would have he, you know, gotten real close to or given into mm-hmm. if he had that like honor? Yeah. Yeah, it could be I mean there are certain points in David's life where we see him counting he count his counts his soldiers. Like, wow, look at this awesome army I have, and God has to punish him there, yeah. discipline him there, and say, that's, that's not good. It's not about, you know, how awesome you are, David. It's to be for my glory. So, And then the second part of the lesson is Psalm 24, which is written by David. Um, we probably know Psalm 24 best for that, you know, that the king of glory comes, that at him, harmony. I don't know how to do Okay, well, that was a real. <laughs> I thought that was gonna be. We were gonna bust out spontaneous harmony yeah. instead. Well, I have just... to do melody. You do harmony. I oh, can't do harmony. Okay, let's give up on this. <laughs> so Psalm twenty four has the concept of the King of Glory. Um, the first verse says the the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. You know, so what a great That's you know awesome. start. You know, everything belongs to God. So, who are we? You know, to use David's verbiage who am i who are we that we should claim any of this this is all god's whatever he gives to us as a gift and we're just renting it while we're here on this earth and then it says you know who may ascend you know the mountain of the lord the he who has clean hands and a pure heart and you think well i guess I nobody can never, then i can never go see god but god cleans our hearts and our hands for us so that we yeah. can go see him so and then um you know that imagery we often use in Advent, lift up your heads, you gates, be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. So just the personification of Jerusalem and the gates and the doors, like, open up, the king's coming. And what a great picture of worship, you know, that when we come together in our church, you know, lift up your heads, you gates, get ready for the king to come. And that's, it, it pairs well with this lesson because David wants to build a temple just to give glory to God. And then he writes this psalm. You know, he never ends up building that temple, but he gets to write the psalm that's all about welcoming God in worship. Anything else there? Just, no, that's great. Okay. Let's move on to Ephesians 5. 
This is uh, darkness and light concepts, which fit with you know sight for the blind, vision things, um, and the I think this is a great section to talk about how the individual words matter. Um, sometimes when you're kind of skimming over a Bible section, you get the basic gist of it, and you're like, oh, that's very uplifting. But it's sometimes it's the details yeah. that are the most encouraging that set it apart. So Paul says, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So you were, but now you are. So past tense, present tense. God mm -hmm. has made a big change in you. And not just you are projecting darkness. You are the darkness. Right. You were the darkness. That was our reality. Say. You're not shining a light. You are the light. So we're either for a force of darkness or we're either a force of light. And there's no in between. Yep. Which is very helpful for kind of figuring out my actions, my decisions each day. Just that divide between, okay, am, am, I, am I acting like darkness or am I acting like light? And Paul says, live as children of the light. And then his, the idea of fruit or something being fruitless. So fruit consists in goodness, righteousness, and truth. So the fruit of my faith, you know, Paul's not telling me just be a good person. He says the, the fruit of being a child of light is goodness, righteousness, and truth, that you're going to live the way that God calls you to live. The NIV has find out what pleases the Lord. I think I, from my notes I had, it's better, a better way to phrase that is put your stamp of approval on what pleases God. So it's not like you need to... God is not unclear in what pleases him. It's more agree that what is pleasing to God is pleasing. Confirm it to by you too. doing it, living it. So, uh, and then beyond that, uh, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. I like the picture of something being yeah. fruitless. You just think the devil is so good at convincing us that sin is going to be so, you know, fill in the blank, you know, enjoyable, positive, helpful, relaxing, a relief, Deserving, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah it's just. You're going to do this bad thing and it's going to feel so good. That's what's missing in your life is doing this thing that God says is wrong. And Paul says, no, actually it's fruitless. There's mm -hmm. nothing to be gained. Like a by withering sin. vine. And I think we, we feel that in the aftermath. Like sin is so stupid in the aftermath. You mm -hmm. analyze the decision you made and you're like, oh, why did I do that? But beforehand, yeah, you just, you're tricked. Mm -hmm. You get duped into thinking this is going to be good. And you know, afterward, you think that was... That didn't help anything. Mm -hmm. So to grow in faith and maturity as a Christian is to look at a decision beforehand and say, is that going to help or hurt? And is this who I am mm -hmm. or is this who I am not? Is this dark or light? Um, God calls us in this section to expose the deeds of darkness, which isn't fun. I mean, I think we'd rather, best case scenario, we think I'll just ignore it. You know, this darkness that's in my life or somebody else's life, I'll just I'll pretend it's not there. And God says, no, expose it. Shine a light on it. You know, put it in the spotlight. So bad behavior, whether it's mine or someone else's, you got to call it out. Call it out for yourself and call it out for other people. Well, and it can even be easier than directly calling it out because when you live like a child of the light, you know, and you're the people you are with, um, if they don't have faith, like you're going to be making decisions and talking in a different way and just everything you do is going to be different from what they're used to mm -hmm. and so that does shed light on whatever it is you know whatever sinful thing that um they've deemed okay mm -hmm. because they'll see you not doing it and then that does shed light yeah um you know another thing paul says everything that is illuminated becomes a light so 
you know, not just shining light, but being a light to this world is, is a key concept here. And I think we often bemoan the state of our world, how dark it is. And we don't often think about, well, let's do something about it. Like God has equipped us to make this world a better place, not in like the sort of, you know, the more you know, you know, like this, yeah, the fluffy kind of, but you know, God has equipped us to make a big change by being light. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does make a big impact, like mm-hmm. just every little thing. Then it just, there, Paul quotes some sort of, we think it might be some old Christian hymn here. It's not from the Old Testament. He says, wake up, sleep, or rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So that's the last verse of this section. So it ties it back to Christ. You know, it's not, and Paul isn't saying, shape up, be better, be the light. He's saying, know who you are. You're a child of the light. Now live like it. Live like what you already are. In Christ. All right. John 9 uh, is our gospel, which is a good one. It's kind of selected portions of John 9. It's this man blind from birth is comes into contact with Jesus. And I like the question that the disciples ask right off the bat. Who sinned? This guy or his, or his parents. parents? Yeah. So, <sighs> I mean, what kind of mindset does that reflect from these disciples? That, like, it, it, it's on you whether or not you're, like, works righteousness. It I is. Mean, it yeah. is a form of works righteousness. This is the opposite side of it. Yeah. So often we think of works righteousness as being, I do good things, God loves me and gets me into heaven. This is the opposite side of that. I do bad things, God punishes me. So... I think this is a common thought. We talked about this in chapel um, this morning, recording on Wednesday, and just kind of tried to bring that out that we often think that way. If something bad happens in our life, we're like, okay, what did I do? What bad thing did I do that God's punishing me now for? As opposed to, no, I'm a sinner living in a broken world. And God, you know, like you said before, quoting, you know, going back to Job, God can use even bad things to work for my good. And this brings it out. Jesus says, uh, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this was done so that the glory of God might be displayed in his life. Mind blown. Like yeah. that just, when you said that in chapel, and I mean, I know you're just like reading this, mm-hmm. but like to think about that in regard to uh, us, like how it applies mm-hmm. to your life, our life, we, we're not necessarily going through a hard time to like allow God to do a miracle mm-hmm. and shine, you know light on that but it it does allow like however we deal with whatever hardship we're given does does witness for Mm -hmm. you know the people around us or like encourage or build up or you know bring some sort of comfort um because everyone's suffering so if we can suffer um joyfully Mm -hmm. that's gonna that's a big deal and then Jesus uses the picture of night and day, just saying, you know, work all of his day. Uh, night is coming when no one can work. So basically, I, I've got a short time here, guys. You know, mm-hmm. this blind person was brought into my path so that I could heal them and do some work. And you think, you know, we, it's doesn't, this picture doesn't hit us as hard because we work at night all the time. Right. People work third shift. But yeah, in a farming, farming society, you know, it gets dark out, work's over. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sun goes down, time's up. And that's what Jesus is saying. My time is running short. And so this person's blindness, terrible as it was, is going to serve my purposes and God's wider purposes for his glory. And the incredible impact that has, like, from this one account, Mm -hmm. just like now we, in 2023, are reading it, studying it, and being built up. And you think just for this person personally, so he, spoiler, he comes to faith, and he meets Jesus later and comes to faith. So you you think, like, that guy's in heaven now. 
So would he trade those years of blindness for not being in heaven? No way. You know, so that chunk of time that he was blind from birth, would you, if you could go to him now and say, okay, you can have those whatever couple decades of sight, you know, awesome as that was, or you can go to heaven. I mean, it's going to be a no-brainer. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll trade that yeah. off. Our um, hardship is nothing compared to the glory. So Jesus takes dirt uh, and spits on, on it, makes some mud, puts mud on the guy's face and tells him to go wash, and the guy washes in the pool of, do you remember? Bethsaida? No. Bell. No. Shalom. Starts with an S. Salome. Salomon. Salome. Which means scent. So, yeah. You got Parker the, got it right in Parker chapel. got it right I didn't get it right, though. A little embarrassing. It's okay. And I just that moment, though, where uh, you try to imagine that washing your face and suddenly being able to see for the first time in your life. Like, how does your brain not just short circuit? I've never seen in my life before. Now I can see. Uh, what a day for this guy. It's overwhelming to try to even mm-hmm. imagine that um then we skip ahead and the jewish leaders are, are of course upset about this why would they be upset that jesus healed someone who was blind oh well was it the sabbath day it was, oh. it was a sabbath day so you're not supposed to do any work on the sabbath yeah. day, including healing someone who's blind right so <laughs> it's interesting so i mean this happens a couple of time we're, we're going in the doing the gospel of mark and bible study on sunday mornings and there are several occasions where the the jewish leaders are upset that jesus performs a miracle on a sabbath mm-hmm. but this this time is different because some of them the the jewish leaders are not all in line some of them say how could a sinner be doing these acts so there's there's a little bit of a turn with some of the jewish leaders they're not all on board that this guy's bad they're kind of like well if he's healing isn't that proof that he's divine interesting if he was just someone breaking the sabbath how could he do these healings so that gives us like a there's like a short section in the middle there and then the really fun part is so this blind man formerly blind man has not seen jesus yet so i mean jesus told him to go wash and then he was healed so jesus comes up to this guy later who gets kicked out of the synagogue i mean we skip over a long yeah kind of fun and section his parents too right? yeah Don't his parents like are, are under the bus. interrogated interrogated and the jewish leaders are just asking this guy basic questions like what what happened here like who healed you and the guy's like it was a prophet yeah. obviously like i was blind when i woke up today and now i can see so a prophet healed me and like how dare you talk to us like that and they throw him out of the yeah. synagogue and just like oh, okay oh, all right weird day I, uh, I, I, in the plus column we have seeing for the first time in the minus top kicked column, out of church kicked out of my church and my whole social circle uh so jesus you know finds out that he's kicked out and goes and meets him and says you know do you know do you know what happened you know who healed you and and basically tells him like hey it's me standing in front of you is the guy that that healed you and the guy says i believe and just it's a really powerful ending yeah he's never seen this guy that heals him until this moment and he believes in him and his life has changed forever mm-hmm. uh anything else there in john 9 Mm-mm. so i mean that's obviously why the theme is um sight for the blind okay here's the verse for today it fits very well with that sight for the blind theme it's from a hymn called joyously i'll praise my savior we're singing it during communion this week god had seen my sad condition gave me sight when I was blind. He will be my great physician, healing body, soul, and mind. When it seems it's not worth trying, all my skill gets nothing done. Jesus helps me carry on. All I see on earth is dying. God's amazing love for me lasts for all eternity. Anything you like, especially in there? Yes. Um, 
the when it seems it's not worth trying, all my skill gets nothing done. Jesus helps me carry on. Yeah, yeah. I just I like the acknowledgement that sometimes yeah, life feels yeah. like this is pointless. This Why is stupid. Yeah, and I'm not doing anything. I'm not getting anything done. Jesus helps me carry on. Mm-hmm. And then uh, all I see on earth is dying, but God's amazing love for me lasts for all eternity. It's a Paul Gerhart hymn. Gerhart, you know who. No. Went through such tragedy in his life, losing many kids and a wife and things like that. So powerful to have someone like this, you know, write a, a hymn about, you know, when it feels, you just imagine this hymn writer would have felt like that a lot when it seems it's not worth trying. Was he the one who lost his family on a boat? No, that was, that was, a, I don't remember who that is off, offhand, but no, Paul Gerhardt it was a Lutheran pastor and just lost many of his kids. Wow. I did not know that. Um, and I believe lost his, his first and maybe his second wife too, but just someone that was had a life that was full of sorrow and yet you know, found, wow. could write hymns like this. All right, so last question. How will Sight for the Blind help you this week? You first, Me Al. first, okay. Well, I mean, it's, uh, it's one of those stretches where we have we've had a funeral recently. We've had uh, more hospital visits lately, it feels like, so... To to kind of piggyback off this hymn's concept, just you all sometimes all you can see in life is darkness, mm-hmm. and it feels like there's no real hope of things getting better. And you know what does he say there? When it seems it's not worth trying, yeah, lots of points in our life are like that. Mm-hmm. Um, to be a Christian does not make you exempt from those moments. And in fact, it's, sometimes it just highlights it all the more because, like we said, God can do whatever He wants. So why isn't my life better? But, you know, the sight to the blind. So Jesus heals this man after decades of being blind. And it's amazing. It happens at just the right time. And it changes this man's life. And it changes his eternity to have it happen this way. So God, just give me better sight. Um, help me see things that that you see. Uh, help me not be so blind to your promises, to what you say what life is going to be like. Uh, what you say the church will be like in terms of just fighting for the truth and things like that give give me sight not in the sense that you make all things better but help me see your goodness in everything nice good answer thanks what do you got um so the okay a couple different things tied into one so work while it is day and night is coming when no one can work um just that wake-up call like judgment day like death my death or judgment day is coming Mm -hmm. and i can't help people learn about jesus after that Mm -hmm. like it's that's over so do it now like in the miracle of turning someone who is blind from birth to someone who can see is crazy and so how do i tie those two together like by when you think of the the people in your life who you have been trying for years and years and years decades to Mm -hmm. to like have faith in jesus like you're trying to you're trying to get them over Mm -hmm. you know to jesus and it's just not working and it just seems hopeless well god can make blind people see yeah so he can also make this right this person i love Mm -hmm. come to faith yeah exactly yeah that's perfect okay well it's march 15th we should have a caesar salad for dinner tonight do you know why it's march yeah at two brute yeah the what did he do on the ides of march he got i mean beware the ides of march right that's when caesar got betrayed and stabbed in the back all i think of is shakespeare when we say these things you're so cultured (laughs) no caesar salad would be good we'll probably just have leftover lasagna (laughs) 
comment on the podcast what leftovers you're going to have for March 15th. Good morning and good welcome. Good morning and good welcome to you. Bye. <laughs>